One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT Heat Wave review. I'm Michael Hamfler from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on last night's edition of NXT. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review and preview the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, but also Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz on wrestle culture, not for this month or so. Um, And Sige, speaking of not for this month or so, it's been a little while out of the NXT loop for you. So here we are, coming back in with Heatwave. Inarguably, I would say the biggest wrestling event of this week. Well, yeah. Certainly the best built of the week. And I don't know if you were fully aware of this, obviously, because while you were away, Wilborn went off. And, like, we've lost stacks at the same time. Yeah. Now, he told us, I'm a little bit annoyed with him, but he's not going to be able to defend himself, so it's fine. Stacks told us he was going to be gone for the bulk of August because they've just won the tag belts. And it's like press. Plate's full. Yeah, you've got to do loads of, like, media. Yeah. So why the frig was he hanging out at the pool with Tony D? And loads of babes. And loads of babes on a week that he wasn't booked and he could have flown right here for his podcast commitments. Look, uh, I was annoyed as well. Yeah. Like if he's in the ring and, you know, he's on Good Morning in America, <laughs> I can understand. Can you imagine Stacks on Good Morning America? That's all I can imagine now. I can vaguely understand <laughs> why he's um, not really committed to flying over. But, you know, he's just, he's in a pool yeah. discussing the upcoming event in that really unnatural way that they just are obsessed with on NXT. It's law now. The roster speak about nothing but the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all they've got. You know what that reminds me of is that match that's coming up tonight. <laughs> There's a lot of money on both sides. Can you imagine anyone betting? On uh, Wesley versus Carmelo Hayes. Not a single solitary soul. <laughs> What's going on with Von Wagner? Well, Tony, there's a podcast I do where we've gone into a lot of detail. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Heatwave has all these fantastic mini pay per view events that he starts with there. Uh, do with the Great American Bash. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We've got the button there. And also, do this sort of thing. Yeah. Great American Bash. And God bless. United States. Uh, they, it's always in a pool. Yeah. It's pool. It's uh, hot summer's day, barbecue, that sort of thing. It's the John Laurinaitis yeah. reason for going down to Florida in the first place. That was what was in his head yeah. when he decided, right, okay, well, <laughs> Atlanta's not working. <laughs> OVW's got Al Snow there, so that's not happening anymore. Um, let's move developmental down to Florida. And then the people around him said... 
Great idea, John Laurinaitis, because if you go down to Florida, obviously with its retirement benefits, we're going to have a lot of really sage wrestling minds who are mm. retired and happily living in Florida um, from whom we can draw, you know, inspiration and we can get to coach and teach and be advisors, all of those retired wrestling minds down in Florida. That's why we're going to Florida in Tampa, isn't it, John Laurinaitis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the babes. <laughs> That's why you know it. Uh, yeah, that's it. It was just a uh, easy access to the beach, wasn't it? Just wanted, just wanted to just hang out, beach and bits. just beach babes surfing, you think always, slurping. That's why they do so many of these like summer events. They couldn't do one in December because like winter's not coming. The only thing that's coming is everyone's cacks. With all the bikini babes, Sean, it's winter is coming. That's why it's all like Christmas deadline because <laughs> the women are fully clothed. <laughs> <laughs> What are they going to talk about? Uh, he said Stacks, um, Tony D, and all their lady friends by the pool. They're recapping the card, but that's what we're here to do. You don't need babes in bikinis. You've got the Dadly got Boys. The dadly boys. <laughs> fully dressed in a studio where it's too hot. Uh, speaking of too hot, I would say that was what this action was. Uh, surprise package of the night. Elia Dragunov. <laughs> don't roll your eyes. I sort of meant it. Uh, Elia Dragunov and Trick Williams. Look, this was only ever going to go one way. Elia killing trick has been what you've missed in the last two weeks. It's kind of them telling you that's going to happen. And Trick Williams finding uh, sort of his humble side, I guess. He's gone out there and he said, yeah, like, Elia Dragunov's going to kick my ass. He's a very, very dangerous man. But what he's not counting on is my bravery and my willingness to fight. people. Perseverance. Yeah, people don't think I've had this fight in me while I've been on Melo's side, but I can prove I'm going to do this by myself. And that was ultimately what this was. This was a series of elongated beatings, near falls, all until Trick simply couldn't sustain it anymore. The best of the bunch, I think, coming with that, like, Gunther-esque powerbomb that I totally bought as a finish, where he kind of, like, Elia just crawls yeah. over, having done the damage. But Trick kicked out. He had the fight in him. And then Elia came off the top with that leaping punch thing he does there. I think it looks weird. But then everything Elia Dragunov does it's looks... weird. He's such a lizard man. Like, I think he would... Like, we've kind of... Everyone's done, like, some of that. It's a bit cliched, but, like, that fantasy booking thing of him coming up and either joining Imperium or at first fighting Gunther and then Gunther being like, I like you. I remember the pain. I remember these welts. You can hang out with us. It would... As cliched as it is, it would sort of work, wouldn't it? Because yeah. Oh, it gives us the ick. But anyway, um, he beats Trick Williams, and there's more on Elia Dragunov. And indeed, Trick Williams, separate divergent paths, but maybe to the same goal later on the show. But what did you make of the uh, the physical exchanges between these two? Um, I'm still not sold on Trick Williams as an in-ring talent. Like, some of his stuff just doesn't look good, mm-hmm. quite bluntly. But, you know, the booking isn't bad at all. Yeah. They are try- they've perhaps sensed that Trick's not going to give you this great, complex, back-and-forth match where everything looks incredibly snug. The knee looked good, though. Yes, the V-Tricker. Yeah. I've just called it that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so they've pivoted and said, right, well, people have connected with this guy. Rightly so. He's insanely charismatic. Mm. Seems like a really fun guy to be around. So they've built a program and indeed a match around the fact that he's just going to get his ass kicked yeah. <laughs> and your emotional bond with this character, who everyone likes, all the chants are fun and all the rest mm. of it. And if you're going to kick out at the right time, then you'll get over. Um, so it's, it's a weird one because you would ideally want the best version of this character, this hyper-charismatic, ultra-cocky, 
can just talk you into the building. You'd want him to be this flashy, really cool wrestler, which he just isn't because he's not athletically there. He's not his craft isn't there. So watching him get killed, it's a weird pivot, but it worked. It worked. I will say, right, usually. I can't remember the specific move. I can only remember the call. But usually when a wrestler does a move in WWE and AEW, but mostly WWE because that's where the commentary cliche comes from. They do a move, the wrestler just sells it because it's, you know, in the layout that the producers told them to work. The commentator usually says, oh, didn't get all of it. Vic, it was so blown, this spot, that Vic Joseph basically had to say, you know, I'm not convinced he got any of that, <laughs> but it's worked somehow. He couldn't even do, let him, he got, he, he didn't get all of it. Yeah. Vic Joseph desperately clinging on to some credibility, having to carry Booker T for two hours every yes. week and call this product. It's suddenly we're like, I can't cash it all in. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to mean something yeah, yeah, around yeah. here. Yeah. There was uh, various points lately where Booker T's been referring to him as Victor as well, which I just think is great. He has he has gone even more rogue than we thought possible. <laughs> Big Joseph at minimum, of, you know, like once a week, like the you know down with this, like down with the Sidgwick, like the growl has I'm been pressing the button. No, has been replaced. Sorry, it's, it's a good button. I'm just scared of it. It's not really a wrestler anymore. It's Vic Joseph <laughs> gradually losing it, and you can hear there's like a growl. Like, what are you on about? <laughs> yeah. There's always one now. Um, bit more on Trick Williams later on, but I think Mike factor into that actually is the way that he's being presented in ring um, but we'll get to that later because backstage Sige, um Tyler Bate is there he's doing his um, his yoga or his tai chi or whatever it is um, and then Nathan Frazier pulls up now um, you would have got from this obviously that Bate was attacked by Dabakato last week yeah yeah. there's a bit of catching up I need to do with you before we uh, get to the Heritage Cup match later on right so do you have to well do I, do I need context I you wouldn't think so, would you? But it's pretty funny. Um, so Tyler Bate, right, you know, we were aware of uh, Noam Dar obviously claiming that because he hadn't really lost the Heritage Cup. Because he had a surrogate in his place. Yeah. That um, the one that Nathan Frazier was carrying around wasn't the real trophy. Had you seen up to that point? Uh, probably. Well, that turned out to be true because suddenly there was two Heritage Cups, Right. No, I'm Dar. I don't, I don't even need one. Yeah, no, I'm Dar. Basically, interim AW titled without spraying the X through the Heritage Cup. It's like, well, no, this is the real Heritage Cup. I've got it. It's the, like the, very literally the real quiz. And then Tyler Bate beat him for it, right? But Tyler Bate, being a babyface, was like, all right, this isn't really a real trophy, is it? And Nathan Fraser's like, yeah, it's, I've got the real Heritage Cup. And then Nathan Fraser, no, no, I'm Dar. Said to Tyler Bate. Um, can you give me that trophy back, please? It's it's not a real trophy, but it but it's my not a real trophy. And Tyler Bate was like, Nathan Frazier, what do I do? And Nathan was like, just give me it back. And Tyler Bate was like, all right, but Nathan, you owe me one. A shot at the real one down the line, right? That entire nonsense story took place so that Tyler Bate could hold a trophy while Nathan Frazier was holding a trophy and they could do the Spider-Man meme bit to each other. That That was why. That was why. Just to do all that. That leads us to How this. How old like, is that meme? I know. <laughs> like... As, as old as both Tyler Bate and Nathan Frazier look, despite being in their mid-20s. That's the thing, like the Spider-Man meme, where it's not two guys who hold the Heritage Cup, it's two former British prodigies who have aged 20 years and two and are now completely irrelevant, pretty much. Because they've gone to... Pointing at each they've other. They've gone to Cocoon, Florida. 
<laughs> Except isn't the point where they're meant to be young in Cocoon? Like, you stay a certain age <laughs> or go back to being young. I've never seen Cocoon. I think it's either get to, they're, they're old, but they get to stay that age, I think. No, they not get to be young. Again. They get to be younger. Go, go on the Wikipedia for Should we read about Cocoon? Yes. That's good, actually, because I've got a question for so you. So this could be like the old reverse Cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> the old <laughs> reverse Cocoon. <laughs> that classic wrestling story. Depending like. on the plot of the actual film, Cocoon. Right, hang on now. Cocoon film, so it's, it? it's like an 80s nostalgia thing. I've yeah. Just... Uh, Ron Howard. Set in St. Petersburg. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Set you in know, Russia? No, no, St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, okay. You know when it doesn't give you the plot, uh, the synopsis like straight away in the line, and then the plot, the first line of the plot. About 10,000 years ago, peaceful aliens from the planet Antria set up an outburst on Earth in Atlantis. Like, how can I get to the basic plot synopsis? Uh... There's a retirement home next to where these aliens are. Three of its residents, Ben, Arthur, and Joe, often trespass to swim in the pool. They absorb some of the life force, making them feel younger and stronger. Eventually caught in the act, they're given permission to use the pool by the Antrean leader, who's called Walter, by the way, LTST Law. All right. Because that's the wrestler. Yeah. Uh, on the condition that they do not touch the cocoons there or tell anybody else about it. Rejuvenated with youthful energy, the three men let the advantages of the pool take hold, and they are relieved of their ailments. So, yeah, the old people using this magic... Cocoon pool, basically start aging backwards. So, so this is a NXT is a reverse cocoon. It, so NXT is the old reverse cocoon. It is the yeah. So maybe that's the pool that Tony Dean stacks are swimming in. Yes. So maybe they're getting younger and better, which is sort of true. The more they're developing, they're getting. Yeah. So that pool now we know is the reverse cocoon pool. Yes. Oh well, that's clear that mystery up. I need you to clear another mystery up for me, please, Sage. Um. That wacky old Mustafa Ali's knocking around backstage, right? Uh, and uh, Rhea Ripley and Dominic are getting ready for the match later on. And uh, Ali's like, like, sooner you're out of here, the better. I hope Dragon Lee smashes you into a million pieces. You're disgracing the North American title, all that whole deal. Um, and then Rhea's like, all right, I'm really bored of this. You've got 10 seconds to get out of here. And Ali's like, yeah, yeah, no bother. Like, you guys are used to things only lasting 10 seconds. What's he on about? Uh, th- uh, yeah, I think what he means mm-hmm. is that when Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley yeah. have intercourse, yeah. that Dominic Mysterio ejaculates after 10 seconds because he's not, you know, he's adequate. Not, he's not going in the reverse cocoon pool yet. No, no, no. no. So uh, he's, a, he's a two-pump chump. Two-pump chump. How many p- pumps could he do in 10 seconds? It depends. Yeah, it depends on your preference. On your pace. Mood. Maybe Rhea Ripley's happy with 10 seconds. Yeah, they've got a busy schedule. Maybe they just want to get I'm a good night. I'm reliably informed that's not a big deal. <laughs> that's what I'm reliably informed. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Dominic Mysterio, I did read that when they went in Canada for Raw or whatever, Yeah, he said, I've only just learned that Canada's in North America, so it turns out I'm the champion, champion of this dump. Really good. I love that he's just found out. Nailing it, man. Uh Speaking of something that I wish only lasted 10 seconds, and even then it was only two minutes, Ivy Nile versus Ava. God. Oh boy! Um, it was only ever destined to be short. Obviously, it's one of. How does it feel so long? I know, I know. Like there were, this was so strange. So Ava comes out. Um, they've been doing this thing with the Yeezum, uh, by the way, where there's like twenty people at ringside. They've suddenly done twenty Jism members because they need to hide the two that have just joined. Yes, even though there's never been twenty. Yes, exactly that. The two last week attacked the Grizzly Young Vets and cost them a match. And I don't know about usage, but they looked a lot like the Creed Brothers. Yeah, more on that later. Um, and anyway, these Jism lads are absolutely rubbish because um, Ava loses almost immediately. Um, Ivy catches her in like a um, 
well, I thought it was going to be like a scorpion death drop, but she kind of pivots a little bit into allegedly a dragon sleeper, and Ava taps straight so away. she can get herself in a position. <laughs> not being funny, which no, is not very athletic, is she? Zero coordination between the two, and it was more angle and match anyway, because the Jism surround the ring. Ivy Nile beats them with ease. Like, fair enough, like, they're not going to want to have, like, ten fellas, and they do appear to be blokes, like, decking Ivy Nile. I get the optics there, but she just... Like, destroys them with no bother. Goes for Ava again, but then he's him carry Ava away, and Ava's smiling. So who really won? Ah, Ava. Ivy not really. Yes, Ava, <laughs> yeah, she won the wrestling match. Uh, yeah, she won the wrestling match, but that doesn't matter. And we'll get some more on that later on, because we're going to lead something pretty big next week. A huge development in the uh, Yizim and Ivy Island, definitely Yizim. not the creeds. Uh, aye, so we've got, that's it. So we've got... Um, Wesley, who is obviously hyped for his big title match tonight. And big match. Ilya Dragunov comes in and, like, talking about coming, he's in a lot of pain, but he looks absolutely yeah, I love with himself. Like, the camera is about, like, just above waist height, which is a good thing because, like, if it was any lower, you'd see the tip of his erection peeking over it. Um, he's, uh, Wesley um, is just saying, oh, you're doing all right. Like, I can see you finally dealt with your Trick Williams issues. Like, just in case anybody watching this show didn't watch the opener, let me recap that for you, the viewers, that you've now dealt with Trick Williams. So, like, what? what's next for you, Elia Dragunov? It's like, the NXT title, you thick idiot. Yeah. Like, and uh, I'm sure I have no problem beating Melo Hayes. And he's like, wait a second, I'm fighting for the title. You might have to fight me. And can you see what they're Like, maybe there's uh, a bit of uh, tension. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah, like, you could be a bit of a fork in the road yeah. here. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's this really bland mid-card fighting over this NXT title right now. The matches are good, etc. The event wasn't, again. Um, anyway, we go to this Heritage Cup match. Now that you've got the story, you understand. It's Nathan Frazier versus Noam Dar, right? This is sort of a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. I should have mentioned in that roundup I was giving you that Tyler Bate agreed to corner um, Nathan Frazier to try and um, bat away the threat of the metaphor. Metaphor. Yeah, who have that pretty awesome entrance. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, this yeah. is kind of working for me. This absolute nonsense. Noam Dar's a complete freak, and horrible, isn't it? Gang of idiots. I'm sort of into it. Um, it's like it's early Judgment Day before they got serious, yes. isn't it? I'm kind of enjoying the, the pattern between the group. Um, but yeah, so it's the usual thing where it's split into rounds. It's ideal for NXT because you can hack half the match to death with adverts because you can just have the adverts and pictures of pictures take place while the the chin locks are going on for the rounds. Round one ends um, with the two of them tied. Tied at zeros, um, but then we come right back from the adverts. Tie game. Tie game, going into the uh, second round. But then uh, Noam Dar gets a sneak roll-up on um, Nathan Frazier, because Nathan Frazier is distracted by Tyler Bate getting decked again by Dabakato. So Dabakato's return is not just, I'm a monster, I'm about to cause trouble. It's, I'm a monster, and I really hate Tyler Bate. Okay. I'm a big man, and I want to damage Tyler Bate's career, and my name's not Trent Seven. Um, so that's Dabakato's new thing, I guess. Well, he's back in NXT and he's come for Tyler Bates. That leaves Tyler Bates. Sure, Michaels has done a worse job with Tyler Bates than Trent Seven. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, look, look, let's just agree. Everybody's done a bad job with Everyone's Tyler Everyone's done a bad job with Everybody's Tyler Bates. He's contributed to this bad He's job. a shave. Yeah, he does. Get that, get that haircut. Not sound like Mr. Burns. Shave those sideburns. Like, get your haircut, have a shave. It's like 25. It's <sighs> fowdy. Yeah. <laughs> In the reverse cocoon. Uh, so it's 1-0 going into uh, round three. Noam Dar's got the advantage. And then in something that I thought was actually pretty cool, um, like Noam Dar keeps escaping to the floor just to basically try and see his way through the five rounds. So he gets to round four um, 
at one, a one and nothing. Um, and then what do we get here? Dart, uh, aye. Nathan Frazier um, manages to hit the final cut to get the to level it up, going into round five. Um, and for some reason, the last round, what should be the hottest portion of the match, is mostly lost to the commercial break. Yes. But we come back for at least a hot finish. Um, Nathan Frazier hits Dart with a dive, goes to roll in uh, Noam Dart, who's completely beaten, completely knackered. He's been trying to escape. He's been trying to run. And then with just 30 seconds left on the clock, uh, Lash Legend is able to avoid, uh, to stop Nathan Frazier getting the fall. She's like distracting. And he runs out of time. So even though he'd had him beat, you know, the way the round format works is that Ran down the clock. Didn't Noam Dar kick out as well? Well, I think he looked like he didn't trust uh, Lash being able to break <laughs> yeah. the fall up effectively. That's what I got from that as well. well. She's in there, like, they're running down the clock. There's kind of like one eye on the whole thing. They're meant to do the whole one, two, ding, ding, ding. Oh, no, he would have won, but he kicked out. Buzzer beater. A buzzer beater. <laughs> or is that a reverse of that as well? A reverse, reverse buzzer, buzzer beater. beater. Remember that? A buzzer loser. Remember that buzzer beater in that basketball game? Oh, my Vegas. God. One of the best days of my life. When that. sport was reinvented in a game between two teams I've now. Was it? It was Vegas versus... It was the Celtics versus the, Celt- the Heat. Celtic versus the Heat. God damn, that was exciting, wasn't it? it was great. Sport was back. <laughs> biggest buzzer beater. <laughs> Good food in that place as well. Can't, yeah. remember, can't remember what it was. I got it. Oh, it was the chicken check. The crack shack. Crack shack. It was the crack shack. Good Vegas. crack, good shack. It was absolutely unbelievable. I had a pineapple mustard there. Now that before going into that place, that that's a that's an oxymoron. Yeah. And then I thought I'm gonna have to have a try of that because I bet you it's lush. God damn it, a pineapple mustard it was unbelievable. It was in the um, those like sauce pots you have to make yourself rather than sachets, wasn't it? So you couldn't even nick it. I couldn't nick it. Couldn't and take sachets for the. I, I only had the last. I would have had, I would have had ten of them. What? Just the individual pots? <laughs> just taking them all out? Just, I just, every chip I would have had, a, like, gone through an, an individual pineapple mustard pot to eat every... Oh, sorry. Fry. <laughs> Tell them fry. Tell them fry. <laughs> I was there, obviously, but uh, could you replicate the noise you're making as you were eating all those fries? One no, one? because someone on a listener really has a aural sensitivity when, I, when I do my... Um, Nom nom noises. That's very thoughtful. That's very good. Uh, what we're talking about? Ah, oh, yeah. Um, Noam Dar. Noam Dar gets the win. There's more interference this time from Oromensa. Um, Nathan Fraser misses the Phoenix splash, uh, and Fraser gets the win. Um, what am I even talking about here? Who cares? I Fraser gets the. Uh, uh, sorry, Noam Dar gets the win, and then we learn later on that as part of winning the Heritage Cup, Noam Dar gets like uh, all expenses paid vacation. And he's like, oh, it's great. That means like five weeks where I don't have to defend the Heritage Cup. I have to do a tournament. Yeah. So they get like, they're going to do a tournament for the uh, the next contender. But to him, he just reads that as six weeks off. Six weeks off. So I think metaphor. It's a shame Wilborn's not here because I, I, said, I think he was ready to debut his No Mercy voice. We not, we'll never know what that was until he comes back. Aye. Did he give you any indication of what, it, what he might have even been teasing? No. Given, you know, I test him with the Wikipedia page. I think it would have been an Italian-American accent. He was relying on that quite heavily. <laughs> he does, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> probably got all them ideas off stacks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so there's going to be a tournament, and uh, Noam Dar's buzzing because he gets, like, six weeks off. So I'm hoping we get Metaphor on tour. I think I'd quite like that. I wouldn't mind that. I'd be, like, they're good for the vignettes. Again, this match, some of the action, when you can pay attention to it, and when I wasn't mutilated by the, by the breaks, it's just like, how can you make it so bad? It's so stupid when you've got these two wrestlers in there. Yeah. It's, it's an impressive achievement. Like, 
there are sprinkles of greatness because how could there not be with two wrestlers like this? But they do everything possible to distract you from the greatness of the wrestlers. It's all very odd. Um, I hate the Heritage Cup. I hate these characters. Um, I hate the baby faces. I like the metaphor. Yeah. I hate the baby faces. I think they're complete little dorks. And I just can remember. I can barely remember anything from this. It's so weird. NXT. It's simultaneously you miss three weeks. It's actually remarkably coherent. Maybe it's not as madcap as it used to be, but it used to be that and this might be like rose tinted glasses stuff. But it used to be you'd miss a, a week. Mm. Oh, I was off on the Wednesday, childcare or whatever. What's happened on NXT? It's like oh, you missed Laser Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, oh, yeah no, Laser Man. He's you know he's going to fight for the North American title. He's vandalized the performance center. He shot lasers in everyone's eyes. They're going to do a blindfold match because Laser Man has blinded their eyes. Come yeah. on, get with it. Like, oh, oh, Rob Schneider's right. a duck. Like, oh, yeah, I admit, oh, I'm lost. I'm lost. And then some things go on for so long that you're like, oh, wasn't that like last year? <laughs> this Heritage Cup and Nathan Fraser stuff, it feels like it's older than his girlfriend. Very good. It probably is. The hell. Yeah. It's going to try and segue out of that. The Heritage Cup, I, it feels like there's been stipulations in wrestling like this before, where it's not like, it's not the worst stipulation ever or anything. It's not stupid as like Kennel from Hell or something to go with a very low bar. But it's not very good. And they keep trying to come up with creative ways to like have the round end with a bit of tension or somebody running down the clock. Buzzer beaters and the like. Buzzer beater. Maybe just accept that it's not that great. Like that and Gallus. Just accept they're not great and if, stop using them. If WWE, and specifically NXT, had the capacity to realize that which was great and that which isn't, mm. we wouldn't be here. That's true, yeah. So I should be. So what you're saying is I should be grateful for these Heritage Cup six-round six thrillers. You should be accepting of it. Well, uh, speaking of accepting, Ava is going to accept that defeat, Sage. Because she's still learning under the Jesus tree. The Jesus tree, Jesus Christ. She had to tap because oh, I, well, I was okay. going to end her career. What do they call it? The uh, the learning tree. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to have to learn her because my God, she's not very good. And that one must have fell on her head. She forgot everything. She uh, is uh, not very good. No. Speaking of not very good, uh, the next segment. Oh boy. Um, Tiffany Stratton came out and I thought like this was pretty funny at first until literally the rest of the division ruined it um, what was Blair Davenport talking about oh, what, have you learned how to bleep swears yet no I cannot do it do you want to I could no 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 just le- try and learn it I, at I some can, point I can try like it's it's the little like you can I can cut it takes ages but I can cut but it loses its impact yeah it okay good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, she's not about the it's been the, a great summer the summer of Tiff Tiff um you know, she won the women's championship. She's since defeated Thea Hale um, twice. She claims, um, and now uh, it's you know who's going to who's she going to challenge next? She's going to be the greatest NXT women's champion of all time. Better than Bailey. Better than Asuka. Better than Charlotte Flair. Better than Becky Lynch. Now, just what on. do they want Becky Lynch to leave? Well, I want to divert from this second because they've given her the old Dana Brooke run. Next stuff was horrific. So we'll just cover that a second. She does an interview later on Tiffany Stratton where she notes that her Twitter notifications have been blowing up, which will be a first for an NXT wrestler. But it's with, like, nerdy wrestling fans noting that Becky Lynch was never NXT Women's Champion. And then later on, Becky Lynch tweets, I've never been NXT Women's Champion. Yet. Hmm. So they're like, 
It's as if they've presented this as if like Tiffany Stratton's just misspoke, but then all of this situation has kind of dragged Becky Lynch into the NXT. Quite world. clever for them, well, I think so. That's yeah. what I'm sort of going to put over how this all was arranged, but it's pretty mad that they're like potentially going with Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton down the road. Wilborn's not going to believe this when he's he not going to believe this, and I can't believe that they've trusted the audience to like do something, yeah. to make the next thing happen. Flag that up, like at Becky Lynch. Never won the title, never won the title. Becky Lynch gets the notifications, etc. I didn't hate that, and it's a shame because I hated absolutely every other element oh of this. Oh, my God. So they've set up one pretty high-profile challenger in what would be a pretty, like, in terms of Slick Nick's roster switching, Becky Lynch fighting for the NXT Women's title is a good Slick one. Is he chasing, like, a dynamite viewership here or what? Has he got his eyes? Is there, like, do we not know yet that, like, I don't know, say in three months, like, NXT's got to be moved to a Wednesday for some sport or something, he's like... We're putting Becky, we're going to beat Dynamite. Yeah. We're going to, like, Triple H, you loser. You couldn't win the Wednesday Night War. But Slick Nick's stepping up for one week, and he's taking Becky Lynch with him. It's very savvy in her. Now is the time. Yeah. WWE's so hot, they're trying to make something of NXT, and it's worked their wonders for them. Mm-hmm. Um, do, they, do they hate Becky Lynch? After you've done this absolutely useless program with Trish Stratus that feels like longer than Lenny Parfo's gag, uh, go down to NXT. You must be thinking... What? what? Yeah, sell your yeah, Triple H like sell your stinking lemonade shirts down there, Becky. Huh? Uh, <laughs> why is Triple H Bret Hart when the man couldn't lace his boots? That's true. That was my Bret voice, wasn't yeah. it? I don't think I've got a Triple H voice. Uh, I do. So the fact of the matter is, uh, <laughs> in the in this very ring, Becky. Uh, yeah. There's one diamond there, and it's around Tiffany's neck right now. <laughs> So that was you, the man. The man. <laughs> Becky Nobel, sir. Um, aye. Maybe the women's division is going to be fixed. Or is it? Because here's uh, Gigi Dolan, who says she's enjoyed... You know, this one says she's enjoyed the summer of Tiff Tiff, but she's going to prefer the fall of Tiff Tiff. Yeah? Seasons. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> Winter is still coming. Uh... So she wants a challenge uh, for Tiffany Stratton's title, but this is Tiffany Stratton saying, nah, you don't deserve it. Your win-loss record's rubbish. This brings out Kiana James, somebody that's obviously contributed to digital in rubbish win-loss records, say, I know a thing or two about business and running the numbers, and I've run the numbers and you're right, so I should be the one to get the title shot. Uh, but Tiffany says... Uh, I think it's just rude of you to interrupt Gigi she, The gag is she's just trying to dodge having to defend the title against any of these. Um, before we can get any more from Kiana James, any more business talk... Blair Davenport comes out. What was she talking about? I don't know. Um, there's a Cruel Summer reference in there. Uh, yeah. Great tune, but she wasn't playing one with this promo. Made absolutely no sense. I don't know what she was talking about. She's been folded into this Dana Brooke story. The heel turn is coming, by the way. Dana Brooke has lost to uh, Blair Davenport now. so that She gets lost in the middle of the ring all the time. She's, she's going to turn any day now. Uh uh, and then Roxanne Perez comes out and is basically just sucked into this promo more, having to do this dreadful WWE speak about, oh, you're all losers, and Tiffany, you're the biggest loser of all, and I'm going to take the title, which I guess makes me just as big a loser. She hits Tiffany Stratton, who then rolls out to the ring, and rather than selling the punch, laughs, because all the other women are just busy fighting that they've not even seen that Tiffany Stratton, the one woman that they came to speak to, has now exited stage right, and they're just all brawling like fools, and it's to set up a four-way, obviously, to determine a number one contender. I horrid. Have, horrid. I 
almost pitied Blair Davenport because they were giving her the Ronda promo of, like, out loud, say a lot of very articulate wordplay mm. that no one would say in the course of real life that your delivery's not fantastic, so a lot of it will not be clear. Yeah. So that was terrible. And basically, this was yet another instance of the male writers down at NXT hate women. They all come across as so... Like, the characters, let me make that abundantly crystal clear. Yeah. The characters, these women's division characters, as scripted by the predominantly male NXT writing team, just come across as bitches. Yeah. Like, with the cadence... Like, uh, uh, you just get the, it's the inescapable feeling that a man is writing on their behalf. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It was so ineffective. And not particularly pleasant one. Oh, I don't imagine there's any pleasant ones there. This made me pine for any of them having a thing because there was no, like, discernible characteristic other than, like, annoying, whining, wanting a title shot. That was all of them. Uh-huh. Like, there was no, like, you, Jesus, Jolin, essentially. All of them were, like, very pithy about the achievements and credentials of the yeah. others. Like, you're terrible. Yeah, well, you're more terrible, and here's why. Like, there was no, Keanu James wasn't business Keanu anymore. Gigi Dolan, like, has gotten over paint, I guess. And she's just a baby face because, like, she was grinning as she was doing her one-liners instead of Blair Davenport, who was scowling as she was doing uh-huh, hers. Uh-huh. Just no discernible quality. Absolute drivel. About any of them. Um, oh, God, speaking about more drivel. you got Drew Gulak and Gialli Dempsey and Damon Kemp doing their boring drills oh, and they're boring. Christ. I thought the BCC, like, piss-soak gym looked like a bit of a boring place to be. This one. Like honestly, you, this made Oxley's partner. This made yeah, this made the BCC gym look like, like the original his dad jokes, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's because the old one was so real tinted. Like, yeah. but like this one made the BCC one look like the original two rebrand, like full of color and life, just grim drills. Like it was still run by Bill Demott or something. And uh, Drew Gulak's like, uh, it's like Miles Bourne is there, isn't he? Oh, our old friend Miles Bourne. Like, are you tired? 
And oh, uh, Miles Bourne. Uh, I thought I did, but then like <laughs> he's, he's with these losers, sucked in all this rubbish. And uh, like, he's like, "No, I'm not tired. I'm ready for more." And Drew's like, "Well, good. You're not allowed to be tired. That's how this boring stuff works." Like, do you want to be a star? No. Then you're in the right place. Yes. And then uh, Guy Dempsey like punishes him for answering back to Drew Gulak like, and chokes him out from behind. Did he, did he dare to have crack for a second? Is that why he got choked out? What's this? I don't know. I don't. I just. Uh, I could never watch this again. A, be perfectly content. B, never remember it. Well, it's anti-star promotion. Speaking of anti-stars, Ava's back. Oh God, uh, I feel sorry for her, man. Uh, no one's forcing her to do this. No, um, no. <laughs> she's. Uh, I think she's got. Uh, I think she's gone in in this company. You know. There's a rumour of her being a Nepo baby, but I'm not sure who, oh, right, okay. who, who her dad is. Uh, <laughs> or at least who the main boss at NXT owes a couple of apologies to yeah. in her family tree. Uh, you sure she, Casey? Mm. <laughs> 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 I get it? I like that. Let's get some tree. It's the NOI one. Imagine that. Shawn Michaels just... I don't know what Joe Casey's indie show. He's a... Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's calling Ivy Nile a coward. She goes to set some Egyptian lads on. Get them, boys. On Ivy Nile. It's the Creeds. I said, get them, boys. Uh, boys. So the Creeds go for um, Ava, and Julius threatens the Egyptian with, if you want if you want this female back, we're now going to keep hostage, us being the baby faces. You're going to have to beat us in a cage match. And if we win the cage match, we get our jobs back. So that's all set for next week. You excited? <laughs> that was what all of that was for. I, anyway. every t- I just feel like, again, whenever someone says, there'll be no interference because it's a cage match. Mm. It's like, do you think I'm six years old? Do you? Because it, it, interference is a cage match. It's all the freaking time. I'm an idiot for believing they say that. The baby faces are idiots for thinking that means anything. Everyone's an idiot. Feel horrible when the words cage match are mentioned in WWE. I, I just feel like what a worthless pursuit I've dedicated my um, adult life to here. I'm in mean, the code still. I re- have stopped watching this when I was 11. We rehabbed the cage. And he's like, oh, I think you built that too tall. And big moonsault was my big finish. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Wait, got the button. Button. Yeah, 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 get the gist. Just that's. I'll find the button. That's three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong button. Three years ago, that cage match was rehabbed. And ever since then, now when we talk about an AW cage match, it's just this weird conversation about how it's one sided and WWE one just lets people in. Yeah. There's no good cage matches in the mainstream at the moment, is there? No. It's, uh, it's not working. That door always opens in blood and guts. One way or the other, they've got. Why? Don't open the door. Somebody reminded us, by the way, while you're off. Because we never committed this to the board. Um, I owe you either a pasty or a good bruise. I'll let you good choose. Good bruise. I'll have one tomorrow, thanks. And you know, it's like, I'm quite annoyed I lost this one. I lose them all the time and normally I don't care. I'm going for like a 2023 reverse sweep. But I dared to have faith in the Young Bucks and you didn't. We have switched lives because it was over the West Side Story. It was the West Side Story standoff. And I was like, no, the Young Bucks are plugged in. They'll know this. They'll know this criticism. They're not online anymore. That's the thing. Yeah. They're not terminally, chronically online, responding to everything, trying to... They don't even... To their credit, I think. Yeah. After they like they, just, they say, like, they don't get to interact with our fans anymore, which isn't a good thing, but we just... 
We were talking about this on the Swerve pod. Mm. He said we don't interact with our fans anymore, which kind of sucks, but we just like to be completely off the radar these days. Like, go to work and spend the most of the time with the families. Yeah, fair enough. I liked it when I in 2018. I could build a pay-per-view. Some of the days. Uh, <laughs> Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio versus Lara Valkyria and Dragon Lee next. Um, I think you might have seen the beatdown that kind of kicked all this off. No. No? Why would I watch it? Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> when I'm on holiday. But Dragon Lee... Barely watch Dynamite. I just watched the things that I thought were going to be notable. Yeah. That's a terrible Chris Jericho segment. Yeah. And the... Well, admittedly, in the Gable Gunther, the last of your holiday. Well, I watched very little but notable AEW stuff to say. Was this as bad as I thought it was going to be? Oh, God, yes. It's even worse, actually. Mm. And then I watched uh, Gable Gunther in full because I love Chad Gable. So great, wasn't it? I can imagine. I hate this played out, like, take format. But, like, 2021, I'm on me alls two years later, mm. and I'm going to return to the past. I don't know why. <laughs> you told me, are you going to go again to Creed? 2023, and you're going to watch no wrestling in full other than a WWE match. All right, okay. Well, is it SummerSlam or something? A big classic? No, just on Raw. Yeah, just, just a Raw Intercontinental title match. They say that the, uh, the the Intercontinental Champion is trying to restore the prestige of the belt, and he's actually doing he's it. He's actually doing it. <laughs> I, uh, need, I need to watch Osprey Naito as well. I've not seen that either. I'm not going to watch it tonight because uh, if it's as good as everyone says, yeah. Dynamite will not be able to hold a candle. It's Naito having his one last big moment to justify. Big star run, yeah. Yeah. And then it, the Sonata at the Dome, which two years ago would have filled everybody's hearts with dread, suddenly has a bit of spice to it again. I 100% on Naito's side. Yeah. <laughs> thought, where, like, where's the general pulse up with Sonata as I do? He's not drawn. Like, he's drawn... Oh, the same crowds that New Japan did when they, you know, they kind of like, they were always half in, half out with the Pando. Yeah. Where they would like, he'd lost track of the restrictions because of how incrementally and gradually they eased yeah. them. And then there was like, oh, there's no fans. Some fans, like no cheering, some cheering sections or whatever. Like the numbers, now that they've pretty much binned it off, are like not too dissimilar to the old ones mm. of like last year. Business is not booming. Not with Sonata on top. Ah, oh, well. It was worth a try. I like him in there. The Just Five Guys reboot was quite interesting for him. He, need, he needed that look change. Found Gato. I'm looking at Sonata and I'm thinking, he's simply too hot in a suit not to try this be suited championship run. Yeah. He is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> he went years with the wrong hair and beard combo, didn't he? What was he doing? Yeah, like years. Can you imagine being able to turn hotness off and on like a tap and he could just do that. Yeah, and he didn't. Could have just slicked back his wonderful black hair and just shown off every, like, pixel of that face. I think it was just years of tagging with evil. It's like, well, I could be evil. So he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm all right. Uh, I only mentioned the, the build of this is because there's been this sort of Rhea Ripley um, bouncing around NXT across all the like, shows, really, but especially on NXT. There was this um, sense that she was trying to feel out who the next best wrestler in the division was like some real competition you watched the liar valkyria match well what the from the other week yeah the other week yeah and great like really like quite impressed with it and we got more of that here like it's clear to me that rhea ripley has seen something in valkyria and thought like let's be honest this could have been any woman on this roster they could have paired with dragon league because they want to do the dragon league contrast to dominic mysterio like somebody is way out of his depth and carrying around a title 
Dragon Lee can position himself as an uncrowned champion, basically, yeah. or a champion-elect. But yet again, like, this felt like it existed for Lyra Valkyria. Rhea Ripley there. So it was the mixed tag rules, but obviously men can only fight the men, women can only fight the women. So what they were doing was having Rhea Ripley mostly assert physical dominance over Lyra Valkyria, but Lyra keeping up with the counters. Like, she was able to counter out of some of Rhea's biggest power moves. Then Dominic would, like, tag in, help Rhea Ripley, which would force Dragon Lee in the match where he would outclass Dominic Mysterio and then you would kind of repeat that formula over and over again until um, Raquel Rodriguez appeared. Obviously, she of still chasing Rhea around Monday Night Raw to chase Rhea Ripley all the way out of the performance center, leaving Dominic by himself to be beaten by the baby faces. Dragon Lee and Lyra Valkyria get the win. Feel, felt like, like, it ran a little bit long for me, but I did genuinely like the formula. I like the way that they played with the mixed tag restrictions rather than the intergender rules. And like Dom's kind of perfect for this match. Yeah. Like when he's tagging in, like it's kind of Rhea needing a break from Lyra without, and then thinking, oh God, I'm tagging Dominic in. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we need me to be in here for us to stand a chance. So I kind of like how they played with that. And a not insignificant win, I think, here, because like this is NXT as a brand getting a pretty big dub over like some of the main stars off, off the big shows. And I thought this was quite an effective, I like, I can't know, it's Dominic Mysterio. This was quite an effective rub, I thought, all things considered. I Yeah, I agree with all of that. I've got one, you know, the match is kind of just there as well. I got really annoyed, wound up during this match. I hate when, you know when you see, like, a great wrestling move, you think, Jesus Christ, that was a bit oh, on the mm. edge. And they do, like, a camera, an instant replay, but from a different camera angle. Yeah. And you're like, oh, for God's sake. It, was, it actually looked perfect when I wanted that... Um, 5% of, like, doubt of whether that didn't go awry or not. Mm-hmm. Like, the, if there's one wrestling move that I've never taken, which is all of them, <laughs> but there's one, you know, you've never taken any of them, so you don't really know what a German suplex would really feel like. But you've 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 stepped funny on your knee or landed funny on your knee. And mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ, that was excruciatingly painful. Yeah. Whenever I see the dragon screw, I was like, wince? in a way that I don't with other wrestling moves, even though I can register the fact that they hurt and get the drama and all the rest of it. There's something about the dragon screw where, like, if you've jarred your knee or if you're ever injured at playing football, it really hurts and it really just does you in. So whenever I see a dragon screw done well and sold brilliantly, it gets me every single time. Whenever Tanahashi does it, and because he builds to it so perfectly, you're always thinking, what I'm watching is real. I'm in that headspace yeah. when he does the dragon screw always at the most perfect time you think you've just buggered your opponent here that that uh, the pain is coursing through their body dragon league is dominic mysterio dragon screw and he just sort of stands there yeah it's like, oh, for, right, okay well you just ruined that for me and there's no ex- thanks dominic you useless tosser there's no extended selling is there there's a stood there there's a conversation going around dominic mysterio at the moment because obviously his improvement is obvious because the bar was so low to begin with. Yeah. But I think, like... I don't his know, character work's fantastic. Somewhere in the middle on him, yeah. His character work is really good, and he's no longer the wrestler that has to be as bad as he is to make it effective. So it was like, well, how do we progress from that? When he was yeah. so rubbish, it was like, how, that's actually helpful for his character. It's not now. Where do we go? Dare I say it, Dominic Mysterio is becoming a moves guy. And what I mean by that is, is that he can do a few. Yeah. But he's not put anything else together. Like, he, it doesn't, I don't feel like he can visualize where a match is going and how he sells. Yeah. I don't think he's a particularly great or pronounced seller of moves individually. So he's not like a Dolph Ziggler. He's not got this amazing bump in him. Yeah. Like, if he had, like, a Kurt Hennig bump off an arm drag, he'd be like, wow, 
or like um, Fatu and Marty Jannetty's clothesline sell. Yeah. If he has that, right, it's like, well, he's going to get his head taken off and it's going to be a cool moment for the baby face. He's got none of them, really, but he can execute what he does proficiently. He's so over that none of this matters that much. Yeah. If he could, like, he'd be even better. And again, it doesn't matter. He's a draw, mm. massively over. It's a, a staggering success, all things considered. If he could just show ass and bump about the place, yeah, and, like really squeal in pain, it would be so much better. He takes a dragon screw, and he just stands there. It's uh, goes on to the next thing. Yeah, that's it. He's, He's moving. got no instincts. He can be a bright. He can be a decent character when the lights are on. And he's in that ring. He's got no instincts for this whatsoever. Yeah. Insofar as the in-ring craft of a wrestling match goes. Never feels be, terribly real, does it? No, nah, he can be agented. He can play his part in a well-agented and well-laid-out match. He's got enough of a weird charisma that just is over and over's over. So it's weird for me to say he's got no instincts. He's obviously this over for some great creative and all the rest of it. But in the ring, there's just certain things where I'm like... Switch on. Yeah. Sw- get it. Mm-hmm. Like, make this look like you're in a real fight. Rather than Realistically, he's three years into his career. Not yeah. everyone's like a Junakiyama. No. It's, I, I I would absolutely persist with it. I think, I dare I say it, I think he's got some of the more important things, and the rest can come, but I'd like to see it yeah. get her a little bit sooner, I think. Like, you, I'm enjoying the character enough that it carries everything else, but he is just... Six moves. Yeah. It doesn't matter when they happen. It doesn't matter what's been happening to right. him. It's just got his moves that he can execute. Um, right. I think I quite like this, even though it was Sledgehammer subtle. Um, Mello's backstage, and obviously Trick comes up. He's doing the selling. He's had a hard knock against Ely, but he's pleased with how he got on ultimately. Um, and Mello puts him over as well. You know, said, so like, he got beat, but it was, a, you know, ultimately a good night. Um, and then Trick says, yeah. And, like, it can start with me and it can end with you. And we can be, we can still be great. Um, they're on about how it's, you know, like the first title match where Trick Williams isn't going to be by Carmella Hayes' side. Um, and then Mello points out that there's kind of like, you know, when he was fighting earlier, there's a bit of a black mark against it because ultimately, like, Trick was there as well. And Trick says, well, hang on. Blaming me for that then, are you? And I says, no, 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 no. I just have got to do this alone. And then Trick... Takes quite the lingering look at the belt. Oh, they love that. They love that. Picks it up, and then obviously Mello just takes that to mean Trick's hand in the belt. And there's no tension, but there's a little bit of tension. I think that this is the most interesting bit of the Carmelo Hayes act, and I think that's probably more of a uh, criticism of the Carmelo Hayes act than it is a compliment to this story. Yes. But I do like this. I can't work out where the... It's a bit of an Adam Cole MJF thing. I can't quite work out... When the turn is happening and who's going to do it, but I like they've built attention. it for so long. Yeah, it feels dare I say real. Mm. It's it's, and I feel like they're allowing you to again with the MJF Adam Cole thing. They're allowing you to make a choice, yeah, and see the better side of who you want to see the better side in. And because I'm um, I'm starting to think that Carmelo Hayes, and it's not he's good, he's very good. But I'm starting to think, based on the praise he gets, he might currently be one of the most overpraised wrestlers out there. Aye. My sympathy is leaning more towards Trick Williams. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I'm making my choice, and I guess I'll be shown by the booking whether or not that was the right choice or not. Um, speaking of the right choice by the booking, Thea Hale, Sidge. It's all been kicking off since what happened at the Great American Bash when, excuse me, where are my manners? The Great American Bash! 
and God bless the United States. When Andre Chase threw the towel into Thea Hill and she's been kind of like questioning the value of his teachings and questioning the value of Chase U. And that includes last week where a miscommunication when Andre Chase tried to... Um, of course, I remember this. ...alert the referee to the loose turnbuckle pad, allowed uh, JC Jane to get the win. Thea Hill's backstage, still upset about the whole deal. And uh, JC Jane comes up to her. and She's like, uh, people like us are always dealing with people like them. So that's only like two hours a week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like, maybe uh, maybe it's time for Thea Hill to grow up. Maybe JC Jane's the way. What do you make of this, Sitch? Pretty big, uh, big development, you ask me. Sort of hanging around with the wrong crowd at Chase U. Yeah, bad crowd. Chase Jane's a bad crowd. Is she go to Chase U? Uh, no, but maybe she's going to rename it Jace U. Thank you. Doesn't that hit like the other pen, does it? I've you? got a different pen. I've lost my other bloody pen. a good pen with a jewel on it. You need to go to like um, the works, the wakes, or a pound shop, get a new jewel pen. Uh, home bargains, they sell them there. Quid? Did it work, that pen, before I went on holiday? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just for the, the noise That's and the joke. I love the I love the pen. No, yeah, I'm yeah. not shooting on the pen. I just wonder if it still works. If I get four for a five or That's something. <laughs> four for a fiver, why not get five if they are ninety nine pence? Because Von Wagner's up next. Do Americans say fiver in any context? Because it's so weird. I don't know. Fiver. 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 No. Five bucks. Five bucks. Go to the dollar store, get five. <laughs> I catch five bucks. I've only got a tenner. That just sounds weird, doesn't a it? A tenner. Do I is that is that with tax or do I have to calculate it at the register? What you know the Monzi card took to Vegas? Yeah, someone tried to make a purchase on that. What? Oh man, you're getting defrauded. Well, we don't really put only put on what we need on a holiday for that. Like someone's trying to you know go to the store. <laughs> what? Like, Who the hell's doing that? Was it like in the UK? Obviously, your cards are not still in Vegas. I, mean, I think it was in America. What? What's going on there? I don't know. I've got some theories. Okay. <laughs> Von Wagner versus Baron Corbin doesn't happen. Um, <sighs> Baron Corbin attacks Von Wagner before the match can start. A quick word on uh, Baron Corbin's new burn the ships thing. Necessitating that he gets Bam Bam Bigelow tights. What's burn the ships, what? His whole deal now is burn the ships. What does that mean? I don't know. And he's not telling us. It's just what he did was, you know, he burnt all his old gimmicks. Why does it sound a bit racist? It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. And there was... An, there was yeah. Yeah, the all the tones. Yeah. yeah. Aye. Anyway, burn the ships. Uh, like burn the gimmicks, maybe the old gimmicks with the ships. I did see Von Wagner cook him on the mic last week. Oh, yeah. Twitter. And I can't remember your other gimmicks because the other eight gimmicks, because <laughs> they all sucked. Brilliant, man. Whoa, Von, what are you doing? Give the man a fighting chance. Uh, but Corbin doesn't they attack. Uh, he attacks on the floor. Um, it looks like somebody's going to get tabled. But then, like, an actual star turns up. Bron Breaker yeah, just yeah. comes out and absolutely wrecks Bron Wagner before he can uh, put uh, Bron- Baron Corbin through the table. Uh, Bron appears to sort of say something to Corbin to suggest that maybe they're on the same page. Maybe they're going to be a pretty good tag team of arseholes, basically those two. And uh, Von Wagner's left there. There's no match. Any thoughts on Wagner Corbin at all? Uh, well, no match, so I've got no thoughts. I'll do for me. Um, Main event time. Uh, what else we got? We got the Becky Lynch Twitter thing. Um, <laughs> this was pretty good. So Eddie Thorpe is uh, obviously he's like he's going to his fam- family heritage 
he's like a, a Native American, and he's like looking back into the past, and it's going to help him in the future and stuff like that. And then last week he came out and he just sort of stared at Dijak and cost him the match. So Dijak being this like badass cyberpunk from the 90s, he's like, I'll tell you what your future is. In seven days I'm going to break all your arms and legs. Dijak's pretty good. Yeah. Sort of into this. Um, I think it's about, like, yeah, I'll break your arms and legs, but I'm not just your body, I'm going to break your spirit too. And Eddie Thorpe's all about spirit, so they're going to have a match. Main event time. Oh. Uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Wesley. Right. Acasio broke in I was going to ask you about that. Is that the holiday? Yeah, I've got the holiday to make you sh- like you've got. I've got the thing on, like the festival band, but for holiday where you go to the various bars and say, "My tie, yeah, it's all paid for." Blue wristband guy, hook yeah. me off. My tie, uh, Skinos Sour. What's that? Just like with a local, um, oh, okay. spirit, mm-hmm. some bitters, some sugar syrup, Ooh. lime. Those some nice cocktails there. I like. I want to see an artist. I tell you, I had the nicest cocktail I've ever had in my entire life at this place in Crete called uh, it was Atrium. It's a cocktail bar. Mm-hmm. And I had the nicest cocktail I've ever had. I went back purely to have it again. And they didn't have it. And I was devastated. But, like, they had loads more on the menu. And I was good because Francis picked the best one. And we had a taste of each other's. And I was like, that's amazing, that. And we talked to the waitress. And... Uh, Apparently, an actual mixologist works there. Ah. I, could have, I could have spent hundreds of pounds going through that entire menu. That would be my holiday choice. Go back to Crete on my own. Can you <laughs> just go? This is get pissed every night. Can you drink them and then, like, can you deconstruct the flavor profile? Does it tell you every bit that's in there? No, or I'd like? have to know. I couldn't. I've got a terrible palate. Okay, I, I can sense flavor, but I can't articulate what it is. Right, you know what I mean? Like, I've got notes of I know what that is, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I get you. I get you. You've also made me think now that there should be a new NXT character who's like a mixologist or a cocktail maker called Atrium. Atrium, the Atrium. mixologist. Yeah. And it's like, uh, he cuts his promos. It's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. One cup of pain. <laughs> Two cups of agony. <laughs> Maybe don't feel so bitter. And then throws it in, <laughs> <laughs> throws it in the face. <laughs> yeah, that could be the foreign object. Atrium, the cocktail maker. I don't get under this. Uh, oh my watch yeah your watch why don't we get on the watch because it was main event time and you can look at the watch and we'd occasionally reference the beeper on your watch and it's gone yes uh, it's broken yeah so you know you've got the clock face mm-hmm. and the straps connect to the clock face I'm familiar with the concept of a watch yes yeah <laughs> just broke it just came apart ah. and I was, I was devastated so the watch still working so you can get a new strap is that a plan th- it was 35 quid might just get a new watch yeah and a new Casio one Oh, Casio Gold, 80s retro. Updated Casio. All I want. Uh, that's, this is good because we've delayed having to actually speak about this match, which I thought was a bit rubbish. Um, Carmelo Hayes has a record of these. A bit corny acting-wise. Yeah. There was one spot which, God damn it, was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if we're even talking about the same spot here, but I'm going to race to finish to get some of your thoughts on this because we've nearly got an hour on this piece of joke. Have we? Yeah, I know. It's talking about your holiday and just having a bit of a catch-up. Yeah. It's just nice, just nice to see you. Um, the finish. Bloody hell. Was so quarter past three. So convincing. Got that on my phone. I'm not lying about the watch. Yeah, it's not a bit. That would be a terrible bit. Yeah, no, if no. all just to set up Atrium the mixologist. I've, I've pretended <laughs> to break a watch that you've never seen on a podcast, just so we can do the origin story of our latest NXT gimmick. Yeah, actually, that doesn't sound like something we would do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I the finish. Wesley. So they've, it's it's proper. Like Vincent Mann would have loved calling this because this was seesaw back and forth action. Like, Dorsey Doe could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah. 
And then Wesley, filled with loads of water maneuvers. Yeah, tons of them. One, two, he got him. No, he didn't. Goes for this dive through the. I love dives through the corner. They always look more dangerous than yeah, ones yeah, through yeah. just the main, like where the ramp is. So there's less space already. Dives through the corner at like a Darby Allen pace. Carmelo Hayes moves out the way, and Wesley just goes splat. Hard, again, to compare Darby Allen, imagine like Darby Allen hitting Satnam Singh. This was Wesley hitting the barricade. Just full on face, neck, splat. He is out. Even Carmelo Hayes looks shocked at the impact that he's just avoided, basically. There's a totally believable count-out tease uh, where, you, where you would have bought that that was actually just a finish and they're going to try and get you a new rematch. But then because Wesley manages to get back in just in time, you think, oh, my God, like he somehow survived this. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where's this match going to go? Not very far. Carmelo Hayes is already on the post, hits the nothing but net leg drop thing, and he gets the win, retains the title. Um, and I... F- assume anyway the finish was supposed to be as devastating as it looked because up to that point maybe lee had Mello's number and obviously trick not being there meant Mello didn't have like something in his back pocket and was he not so much the better man as the slightly luckier man yeah to get this I, and I, I mean that as a compliment because too often it'd be a surprise roll up or some really cheap wave uh, somebody got lucky tonight but it did feel like Carmelo here has got a little bit lucky here in the story which i was quite impressed with I just thought the work was only okay. Again. I thought the work was only okay before that finish. Like, let's that DDT moonsault through the table was just ah, kicked out. Yeah, like totally stupid but great. Yeah, there were elements of this where I thought this is a overly choreographed dance. Yes, like I can, I hate the flying nothing because it doesn't take anything realistically to throw up an axe handle. Hmm. Like, at least pretend that you're going to do something. Easiest way in my completely, you know, amateur. I'm not even an amateur. I'm a ignorant mark about how to do wrestling. But in my, from that perspective, I've watched it and I know enough to analyze it. I hope, and I, I know, I know. <laughs> Where instead of just jumping off and going, eat my face, <laughs> you can just motion to do an axe handle because you're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, you're just flying into a move. From a certain position, that lets you do a super kick. So you have to be jumping so the whole body forward mm-hmm. vertically. Yeah, you do that with an axe handle. I don't know why they don't do an axe handle. So it's one thing to do that. It, this it, it, it trick. Uh, sorry, Carmelo's got these this kind of arsenal where a lot of his stuff is convoluted, where he's springboarding all over the place. He's jumping to do things, and it's one of those where you know wrestling is such a it's ripe for terrible, loopy, endless, tedious discourse because there's no one believable way of doing it. Yeah. Everyone's got their own completely unique leniency to what works in this fundamentally stupid thing. Mm-hmm. So me saying, oh, this is stupid, could just be, oh, it's fine, to anybody else. But a lot of Carmelo's stuff is so flashy and convoluted to set up a move that when you reverse the move, it's like, of course you would do that. You yeah. look like a complete idiot, Carmelo Hayes. You've had rest and recovery time. And yeah. And, and his, it's, I think it's a bit disconnected from the character as well, yeah. especially as a baby face. His stuff sometimes looks so, I need to do something cool before the move, that when I see it get reversed, it only brings into focus how stupid he is. Yeah. Not like, how cool a counter is or how like, oh, that was a really ingenious counter. 
He just makes himself look like a tit. Like um, Razor Ramon going for the Razor's Edge right by the ropes. Yes. It's like, they're going to count you. Where, where are you going to raise his edge him to? Yeah. You've run out of ring. Yeah. Or anybody trying to, um, like, uh, hit Kidman with a powerbomb when he's got, like, he's got that face buster counter that he does yeah. 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. And because he's so choreographed and, I don't know, at one point he was a jumping nothing. Aye. Wesley reversed. I think, what are you trying to do there? At least with the flying nothing, if it doesn't get reversed, it's going to be like a really awkward collision but you might hurt them. Yeah. Or you might just jump a foot in front of them. You could clatter them, I guess, if you're not getting a reverse. Just jumps. Mm. I was like, what are, you, what are you doing? It was just like, this feels like a pattern with Carmella. Like, it, was, it was okay. Yeah. It was like, it was like just under 12 minutes. So it was a couple of minutes shorter than the uh, Judgment Day, Lara Valkyria, Dragon Lee match. But I couldn't separate either. Didn't uh, feel like one of these big TV main events. I'm not. Yeah, it was, I kept getting told it was Heat Wave. Oh, but it's just a normal episode of NXT. Oh, yeah. It didn't have the, the special quality about it at all. But more matches than segments, which is not necessarily what we even want out of an NXT, was it? Yes. So, so what we're saying is, to sort of summarize, the show with the class build didn't deliver. So maybe we've been wrong about all in all along. Yes. And we should just shut up and enjoy it. Yes. And for more on that, check out our Dynamite preview, which allegedly is a Dynamite preview. Yeah, allegedly. Go and check that out. Um, what were your thoughts on Heatwave? We know what they are. You didn't watch. But what were your thoughts on this podcast? Yeah. Let us know on Twitter uh, where you can find all of us. Where can they find you, Sidge? You can follow me on X at M. Sidgwick. I'm at Michael Amflick. We're all at What Culture WWE. Um, come back tomorrow on the feed for our Dynamite review. And then, of course, all the build-up to All In. Uh, we'll still have time to fit in SmackDown Collision, all the usual crack that you look forward to, um, as we carry on this wacky summer. Wacky summer. Just like Tony D and Stacks in a way. Um, thank you for spending some of your time with us. And until the next time, we will see you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 